Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. This is Sound and Vision from KEXP, and before we get into today's Sound and Vision episode, I want to remind you that KEXP is a listener-funded public radio station based in Seattle, Washington. And listener-funded means the majority of our funding comes from listeners. We don't have to cater to big corporations or ratings to decide what kind of content we pursue. We try to do what's best for you, the listener. So please consider a one-time $20 donation to support this podcast And know that you can also support this podcast for free by taking a minute or two by subscribing to, rating, and reviewing Sound & Vision in your podcast app. Okay, now on to the show. So today's episode is a conversation between KEXP DJs Larry Mizell Jr. and Gabriel Chiodros about the music of New Orleans. That city is still without power a week after the second largest hurricane hit its shores, Hurricane Ida. It hit last week. Here's Larry and Gabriel's conversation recorded Thursday, September 2nd. Here's Gabriel to kick it off by talking about the music he played on air in response to the event. I think on Tuesday, I started my set with uh, with three songs for New Orleans. Um, I think I started with Don Richard's uh, Perfect Storm, right? Don Richard's artist from New Orleans who, uh, from the Lower Ninth Ward, which in Hurricane Katrina was completely flooded, um, and she was actually homeless uh, because of that. Wow. Uh, the whole The whole situation was captured, um, I think on that, what was the name of that reality show she was on oh, back in the day? Was it Making the Band? I think she was on Making the Band. Is that the one that Diddy hosted? Yeah, because she was in Danity Kane. She was in Danity Kane, right. So I can't remember if it was right before or right after her being on that show, Hurricane Katrina happened and she was homeless, right? Yeah. Um, she's like her, uh, her whole family is so interesting because um, her father is in a legendary band uh, from New Orleans. Her mother really? is a music teacher. Yeah, yeah. Her mother's a music teacher. So she's just kind of got it in her genes. And, um, we talked about this on, on, on her live on KXP at home interview, but in that song, Perfect Storm, right? She's got a line where she's talking about we, we went from homeless to limitless and... thought that album and that song was perfect the album itself second line is so powerful to me because you know she's envisioning a post-apocalyptic new orleans like a hundred years into the future you know right which i remember telling her like new orleans is the perfect city for that because you've literally lived through an apocalypse already with hurricane katrina you know over 10 years ago yeah with with ida and with all the music that i played at least it felt like echoes of what happened then happening again you know yeah what did i play after that i played the 79ers gang after that Ah, i I did that too yeah 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 they're so great man two chiefs from the seventh and the ninth ward coming together 
I mean, you could talk more about the music. You played them, too. I did. I don't know as much about 79ers Gang, but uh, yeah. I played 79ers About to Blow. Their sound is just so infectious because it's like... You could tell it's just based in something real deep, real, real, real New Orleans, real Mardi Gras Indian, but also like hip hop, you yeah, know, like for sure. Yeah. And it's and it's the unification of two hoods that that historically had beef with each other. You know, right. that's what the seven, the seven and the nine represents those two wars, you know. Right. Um, I can't remember which song I played off top that day, but it also was a song where they were talking about the rising waters in New Orleans, mm. you know. Then uh, what did I play after that? After that, I think I went to Tank and the Bangers just because I love them so much. Of course. It was a late, late Sunday when the drama went down. Ghetto twins on the spins, hustler foot of the crown. On the lake deck swinging, so you know we drink. Roll the L's up on the trunk of the truck, so you know we second. Boom, clack, bass heavy in the back. Kodaks and throwbacks, pink smoke and cognac. And also, I gotta say, man, my uh, my DJ assistant lives in New Orleans. Oh, wow. So, uh, Nicola, she's from Seattle, but she's, through the whole pandemic, has been DJing, uh, not DJing, but uh, assisting remotely mm. from out there. Um, she got out of Louisiana hours before the hurricane fell, I believe. Wow. A lot of my listeners were concerned about her. Uh, which is great. Like mm. shout outs, shout outs to the KXP community for yeah. for asking. You know, so so Tuesday wasn't her day. I think she came back on Wednesday, and it was great because she's tapped in with a lot of uh, local organizations that are doing like on the ground mutual aid support work in Louisiana. So I was able to amplify them when I did my show. Fantastic. Um, you know, and and I think that's important. And I, I just gotta say, man, like like thinking back to Hurricane Katrina, and and, and even now with uh with with what's going on in Louisiana, the government doesn't seem to value the citizens of New Orleans the same way as the rest of the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we absolutely saw that with Hurricane Katrina. It very much feels racialized. Yes. And I think one of the biggest lessons from Katrina is that all right the community has to do for itself you know or or and, and people outside have to find these organizations to do direct relief work because there's nobody coming to to help people the way they should like we're talking about with the with the aftermath of the hurricane we're talking about 2 weeks of a power outage in the middle of a heat wave yeah. so people don't have access to air conditioning we're talking about no running water in a lot of places we're talking about continued flooding we're talking about lost cell phone service and internet service in places where they're also already dealing with no lights and no running water right so i really think amplifying those um those local organizations are super super important uh we talked about culture a nola i got a list of them right in front of me i got uh, what else? Waterworks, mm-hmm. uh, providing direct mutual aid to people impacted by the hurricane. Um, the New Orleans Musicians Clinic, the St. Bernard Project, 
and Sankofa Community Development Corporation, who specifically are working with folks in the Lower Ninth. Um, so got to highlight all of those organizations on the playlist as well. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for running those down. And thank you for, for uh, you know, blasting that to, to our whole community. Oh, yeah. Um, what about you? What you, what you have in the mix? I, you know, I got in New Orleans back a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Played some meters, of course. The, you know, iconic New Orleans band fronted by Art Neville. Um, Absolutely. When I, when I play New Orleans music on the air, a lot of people are like the meters and, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Alan Toussaint and, you know, real classic, iconic mm-hmm. producers and, and songwriters. But I also want to bring in some of the, the New Orleans sounds that, like, I came up on. So, oh, yeah. you know, I had to get in some juvenile uh, with Soldier oh, yeah. Slim, R.I.P. So uh-huh. I played Slow Motion. I got a big reaction. Know how to act slow motion for me. That was awesome. And I played a couple cuts from um, a label called Take Foe Records. And they okay. were kind of a... Uh, so Cash Money and, and, and No Limit were, of course, you know, super uber successful gangster rap um, mm-hmm. uh, labels out of New Orleans. Take Foe Records uh, was also extremely influential, um, helped popularize a lot of bounce music, and were also kind of like had more of like a clean image Mm-hmm. Sort of in 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 uh, reaction to not in reaction, but just you know on the other end of the spectrum. And they came. I want to say they grew out of a uh, public access show that was really popular in New Orleans. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I played a group. Um, I believe it's a group of three young women. Uh, at least at the time, this is a this record's from '93 called uh, "Booting Up" by a group called Dasha Ra. <laughs> And also from that label, uh, the marquee star from from Take Fo, DJ Jubilee, the king of bounce. Um, okay. So I played Where You Want to Be. And I just love playing bounce music because... It's so um, infectious. It's so futuristic. Even mm-hmm. even like you know, bounce from the early '90s. It just sounds like like it's 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 from space or something. You know, which I love. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I had to get in some brass, so I did. I played some Hot Eight Brass Band covering uh, Michael Jackson, "Shake Your Body Down to the Ground." <laughs> And of course, I, I did some Alan Toussaint uh, mm-hmm. and uh, some Ernie Cado. Here come the girls. So some classic New Orleans stuff. Here come the girls. 
I just want to put people in mind of uh, of our neighbors in Louisiana, in New Orleans, going through this again, and you know right. what you're talking about the way that the racialized way that their citizenry is not valued, and it boils down to the the the, the immense cultural contributions of New Orleans and Black people from New Orleans specifically yeah. uh, to American culture. Uh, I uh, saw that uh, a music huge. store where Louis, Louis Armstrong like bought one of his first instruments and his old home, I think, were destroyed uh, during Ida. And I didn't realize that. That's yeah, wild. A uh, listener put me up onto that, and I, I saw one of those things on Instagram. But it just yeah, it brought to mind a comment. Um, I was talking to Joseph Patel, one of the producers of Summer of Soul. He said something that really stuck with me and that we all know. He said, you know, Black history is American history, you know. One hundred, yeah. And if we just allow that to be swept away, literally, um, because we're not safeguarding it, uh, because of just the racialized disregard, um, mm-hmm. then we're we're leaving an incomplete cultural map for ourselves and 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 for the future. And uh, well it doesn't seem to be any investment in that, in making sure that that we understand where all of it comes from. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. I had I had some other 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 cats I played throughout the week too. Um, what else? I had Preservation Hall jazz band in the mix. Oh yeah. Um, man, have I talked to you about Prez Hall before? Uh, no. Now, are Where? they the ones who who they 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 were even signed to Sub Pop recently, right? They were signed to Sub Pop. Man, Preservation Hall is so dope to me. Um, so I've gotten to go go to New Orleans like several times. I think in 2016, I went down there and I went to Preservation Hall. So they're in the, uh, oh my God, what's the touristy neighborhood? Um, <laughs> um, uh, the French Quarter? The French Quarter. Yeah. So Preservation Hall is a venue in the French Quarter. Okay. On Bourbon Street. They are the only venue that doesn't sell alcohol and they have three shows a night and it's just a really beautiful like intergenerational collective of jazz musicians right on i say intergenerational like they got some ogs performing with some youngsters Mm -hmm. three three times a night uh the brother gave us a whole tour of the space and it's multiple recording studios back there as well um a small room, Larry, like with no amplified, like no no sound system. Like cats mm. are just in this room, just like jamming, and it's like, and the whole like mission of Preservation Hall, like it's a nonprofit, yo, is to literally, like the name implies, like preserve. to preserve the music and the culture of New Orleans. So, yeah, I had to get them in the mix. Um, they mean so much. They also train uh, train musicians to be teachers. Uh, I think throughout schools. In, in in New Orleans, so had to had to play them. is so massive right because like i say i I say that that that's the most important city in music in american music because of everything that are birthed from jazz to to blues 
if you just like draw a like a family tree of music, like it all goes to there, you know, it goes Absolutely. to Congo Square, really. Yes. Like the first the first place where, you know, exactly kidnapped, kidnapped Africans were allowed to gather once a week, you know, right. in this one in this one park. Like, right. come on, man. Like, and that's where so much cultural wealth was mm-hmm. produced uh, that continues to power, you know, everything that we, that we touch, especially yeah. here playing music for people. Yeah, no doubt. It's just a trip, bro. Like six years ago, I was on this trip with uh, with a couple musicians and we got hooked up with like this uh, community organization that's doing uh, coastal restoration work. Uh And um, they broke down why hurricanes hit harder in Louisiana. Really? Yeah, it has to do with the coal and the oil industry, why they hit harder and why they're going to continue to hit harder. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we all know about the BP oil spill, right? Yes. What we don't know is that there's, like, thousands of oil spills happening in the Gulf of Mexico all the time that don't hit the news. The coal industry is major out there. And both of these industries are are having effect on the coastal wetlands, which is wetlands are like land that you can't really build on. You can't really live on. Right. You know, it's just like marshy, muddy land. Mm -hmm. But- what that does is it softens the blow of hurricanes. Mm. When I was out there with this group six years ago, they broke down how the coastal wetlands in Louisiana is losing a football field of land every hour. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. And when they told us this and they broke this down, we were in a boat going to um, this spot where they're trying to restore some of the wetlands using like sand and, and stuff from like from like the bottom of the ocean, right? And there's little balls of coal and oil washed up on wow. the land, right? But we had to take a boat to get there. And while and while they're telling us about these football fields of wetlands that's washed up, the dude says, like, pull out your phones. Like look at your GPS right now. Bro, we were in the water for half an hour and what was water the GPS said we've been on land the whole time because it was land 50 years ago. Wow. Wow. And all of that is like nature's bulwark against hurricanes. Hurricanes. So that being depleted for yeah. industry is, is, is making hurricanes hit that much harder and affect people like that. If, and if the city becomes the coast. Right. It's going to be like it's going to be like Ida and Katrina every year. Right. You know, so I, I say that to say, like, there's a big divide, right? Like, with the, with the environmental movement and, like, the racial justice movement, like, mm-hmm. people don't see the environmental movement as, like, people of color's business. Yeah, absolutely. But it absolutely is, you know? And that's just one example. So, you know, that's my, that's my talk about revolution for the day. All right. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your TED Talk. But that's so real. You know, infrastructure and 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 climate change all that stuff mm-hmm. everything we touch is racialized people don't want to hear it but that's how it affects real lives and yep. uh you know when we talk about the music and the stories behind it um we got to we got to take it all in and understand the 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 impact well thank you so much brother uh thank you so much brother it's always always a pleasure talking to you every time well let's keep spreading it and, and, and keeping people uh, in mind of all of our people around the world who need attention, need energy. 
Um, yeah. Thank you for your work, Gabriel. Nah, man. Thank you, bro. All day. This is Sound and Vision. My name is Larry Mizell Jr. Thank you to Gabriel Teodros. This is KEXP.